Right? Thanks, Dan. We heard in our first introductory sermon, didn't we? The Lord roars from Zion. That's in chapter 1, verse 2. The Lord roars from Zion. So the Lord is speaking to, uh, <clears throat> to his people uh, through Amos. And so far, we've heard him pronounce uh, judgment on all the other nations, all of Israel's neighbors for their crimes against humanity, for their horrific uh, crimes. And now the Lord roars uh, towards Judah, towards uh, Israel's southern brothers. Um, if you remember, we've got God's people split into Israel in the north and Judah in the south. And they're just about living at peace with one another. Uh, a bit like England, the northerners and the southerners just about living at peace with one another. Um, but anyway, Israel in the north, Judah in the south, um, and we've heard all about their neighbours. So a question that you might have been wondering is, well, what's happening with God's people? Because we've heard all about neighbours, what's, what's happening there? So if you remember from Joe's introduction, it's a time of prosperity uh, in Judah and in Israel. Uh, the kings uh, have been reigning a while. It's a time of peace, wealth, uh, security, comfort. The Lord, the Lord speaks to them in this, and it's jarring almost. They've got all this wealth and comfort, and, and the Lord roars from Zion, speaking judgment on them. He speaks to his people as well as to the nations around, and actually primarily speaks to his people. For the rest of the book, it's going to be God speaking to his people. They have not been let off the hook. In fact, they are under fire. Uh, the judgment starts to come home from our passage today on Judah. So let's, let's delve in. Let's understand what, what's going on. Uh, and it's another short uh, poetic judgment on, uh, on Judah. Uh, so we look at verse 4. Uh, the Lord says, I will not relent from punishing Judah, for three crimes, even four. It's the same against, uh, against Judah as it is against the other nations. For three crimes, even four. Uh, and remember, this is a, a, a Hebrew uh, poetic phrase, meaning uh, that crimes are abounding, they're overflowing, they're growing. Um, for three crimes of four, you, you can't count them, they're just so many. Um, and so the Lord's justice must be done uh, on Judah just as much as the other nations. Uh, and then we see verse 5. Judah also receives the same judgment as all the other nations. God will send fire against Judah. Destroy the citadels or the strong towers of Jerusalem. The difference comes in the in-between bits, the accusation. They have rejected the instruction of the Lord and have not kept his statutes. The lies that their ancestors followed have led them astray. So let's break this down together. 
uh, the first part. They have rejected the instruction of the Lord and have not kept his statutes. Again, Hebrew poetry, it's a rhyming idea. There are two different ways of saying the same thing. Rejected the instruction of the Lord, not kept his statutes. They elaborate on one another and complement one another. They've rejected the instruction of the Lord and have not kept his statutes. What does that really mean, though? What, what is the instruction of the Lord? What are, what are his statutes? To sum it up, uh, it's the word of God for Judah. It means they have the law uh, given to Moses on Mount Sinai. They have their, the whole history of their nation passed down to them, of God saving them in Egypt, uh, and so on and so on, again and again. And some of it is written down uh, and is part of the Bible that they would have had access to in the temple. Um, and they also have prophets, uh, or they have had prophets, and they do have prophets now that speak to them God's word in, in their time. So in other words, God has spoken to them, the Lord roars, and they have rejected it. They've not listened to God's word. They've covered their ears. La, la, la. I'm not listening. They said, no, we, we don't want your instruction. We don't want your word, God. Now, the second part, end of verse 4, the lies that their ancestors followed have led them astray. So lies here is referring to their idols or false gods. Because, so the word followed, you see, after, or to walk after, uh, is a word used a lot in Deuteronomy to talk, when talking about God's covenant promise with his people. Um, it's used to talk about idolatry. They walked after or followed other gods. And so their ancestors back in Deuteronomy followed other gods, and this has continued down the generations until Amos' day, um, when they're still following other gods, just like their ancestors. The lies that their ancestors followed have led them astray. They're following other gods than Yahweh, the Lord, the true God. And so they are judged for it. Now you might be thinking, well, why, is, is this fair? Is this a fair judgment? Why, the other nations have cr committed heinous crimes, horrible, terrible uh, war crimes and crimes against humanity. Why is Judah being judged? In exactly the same way. Microphone failure. Hopefully that doesn't fall off again. Never mind. Okay, I'll move around a bit less. Um, yeah, so it's like, well, Judah, they've just they've just rejected God's word. Like, it's not that bad, is it? Is it? Well, on that question, I think two short points. The Lord is saying through this, judgment is coming to all. 
everyone's going to be judged, whether you're part of the people uh, of the nation that follows God or not, whether you're man or woman, whether you're big or small, everyone is going to get judged. Those who have rejected God's word and followed lies and those who have uh, threshed Gilead with iron sledges or uh, ripped open pregnant women, we heard, didn't we? All will be judged. And two, don't, don't downplay or miss the severity of rejecting God's word. Now hear me right, I'm not saying ripping open pregnant women and rejecting God's word are equal in every way or the same, but simply that both deserve judgment from God. So if we look at the passage, we know what's going on. Judah rejecting God's word, following false gods. So what? Well, perhaps we might see that we're not so different from Judah, living in a time of prosperity and peace. Have we become as complacent as them? Three short points to finish. Point one, rejecting God's word means following a lie. Rejecting God's words equals following a lie. The one means you're doing the other. When we don't follow God's word, which is the truth, we end up following a lie. If you reject the truth, all you're left with is lies. Um, and in Israel's case, that meant uh, following after the false gods. But when we don't base our lives on God's word, when we don't make God a priority in our lives, we're opening ourselves up to believing lies. When we're not filling ourselves with truth, that's when the lies um, are able to sneak in, as it were. And that's how Satan did it in the Garden of Eden, if you remember. And that's how he still does it now. He told a lie uh, to Eve and, and said, and questioned uh, whether, you know, is God, is God really good? Um, he, didn't, he didn't say that, did he? Uh, and, and, and Eve believed the lie uh, and disobeyed God. When we're not keeping ourselves in the truth, we let our guard down. We, we believe a lie which leads us astray from God uh, to follow false idols. Question, how can we base our lives on God's word if we're not reading it? The answer is, we can't. Good job, everyone, today. Give yourself a round of applause for coming to church to hear his word here. Brilliant. And... Even better if you come uh, do a midweek Bible study, Tuesday or Wednesday, or other Bible studies are available. Um, 
But how can we ground our lives in God's word if we're not reading it at home for ourselves? We can't. If we don't make God's word central in our lives, we end up following lies which lead us astray from God. What are these lies for us? What are these lies? What do we end up basing our lives on? Um, what false reality do we end up grounding our lives in? It's different for everyone, obviously. Uh, and we need to look at our own hearts and ourselves and realise what we're more susceptible to. But I'll give a few examples. Perhaps it's the lie of self-sufficiency. Pride tells us we've achieved our own strength because we are strong. And this was the problem with Judas King, Uzziah. Uh, he grew in wealth and in status um, in the time of prosperity. And we learn in the book of Chronicles he became arrogant. And this uh, led to the judgment of God on him in a skin disease. Um, but it it led him away from God, the lie that he believed uh, that he had achieved his own strength and he was self-sufficient led him astray from God. And you can believe this lie whether you think you're strong or whether you think you're weak and useless, but aspire to that self-sufficiency, even if it crushes you because you can't make it there. So be careful about that one. Um, perhaps a few helpful probing questions to ask yourself. Is your default just to get on with it yourself or listen to God's word first and come to God first? Is your default to tell people about what you've done well or to thank God for the work he's done through you? Perhaps some helpful questions when we're asking ourselves uh, what is it, what lies do we believe? Maybe it's the idol of religion. Uh, God's people, uh, Judah and Israel, continue to sacrifice and to participate in the temple worship to God, even when they would rejected his truth in their hearts. And you may continue to come to church and, and Bible study, but those things uh, do not save. Only a, a personal relationship with Jesus uh, saves. It doesn't mean, coming to church doesn't mean you're walking the truth or that you'll escape the judgment of God, but relying on Christ simply to save you. So we must each examine our own hearts for lies that we believe and to fill ourselves with the truth of God's word as a counter, almost, so that we will not be led astray from God by lies. Uh, what is it that these lies lead to? Well, Judah didn't want to hear the truth of God's word anymore. They rejected it. The result, judgment. Uh, and in the end, uh, God used Babylon uh, years after Amos uh, to carry out this judgment, to burn Jerusalem down, to knock down its walls. And for us too, 
God is coming in judgment. Uh, are we ready? Are we ready? We must encourage and rebuke one another to continue to follow God and his truth so that we'll not be led astray by the lies, so that we can be ready for God's coming judgment so that when he comes, we will not be, have been led astray by lies and living a life against him. That was point one. Rejecting God's word means following a lie. Point two. Short points. What happens when God's word is followed? Skip ahead in Amos to chapter five. Uh, you don't have to, but I'm saying that's what I'm going to do. Amos's call is to seek the Lord and live. To seek good and not evil. When we seek God through his word, when we live our lives uh, in the truth, soaked in in the truth, we are then truly living. Seek the Lord and live. We are, as the psalmist famously puts it, like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. When we follow God's word, we are living the lives we're made for. We are truly living. So point two, seek the Lord and live. Point three, final point. The one who followed God's word perfectly. It's not me, it's not you. There's only one person who followed God's word perfectly, his law and his instruction and his statutes, um, and that's Jesus. And it is his perfect keeping of the law that we have any hope in judgment. We can't hope in ourselves, we must hope in Jesus on judgment day. The only hope is that we are in Christ That his perfect word keeping, his perfect law keeping has become our perfect law keeping because we have been united to him in our salvation. And that is our only hope uh, in the face of judgment, that we are united to Christ. So I think we're going to sing. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for that, Nathan. Uh...